Welcome to another edition of Chris Gilmore On Demand. And today's topic is all about goal setting. So I don't even know when it was. It was the other day. We were down in Sydney and someone came up to me and said, Chris, what, what are your goals? And I'm like, yeah, I don't really have too many at the moment because I've pretty much achieved what I wanted to achieve. So I thought I'd do a quick podcast. And for all you guys watching on YouTube, we're filming this as well too. I just thought I would talk about goal setting. It's a big thing. Everyone has different opinions about goal setting, but I, I just wanted to give you my spin on what I think you should be doing with goals, how you should be, you know, sort of deciding what you really want to do and stuff. And I've got a couple of stories. I'm going to talk about my goals and what we had to do to achieve those and and what was the outcome and stuff like that. So the first thing is I'm a big believer in setting goals. Now, I'm not a big believer in that you have to have, write your goals down and put them up in your shower window lemonade and look at them every single day. I think if you know where you want to be in life and what you want to do, as long as it's imprinted in the back of your mind, that's what you want to go for, then I think that's cool. You know, So I'm, I'm not a big person to write down my goals. But I'm going to go back to 1986, actually. So I was six years old and I actually set my first goal when I was six. So this was the time when I got into motor racing and I just started go-karting. And I really loved, I really loved go-karting. I loved the speed. I loved the thrill. I loved pushing the limits to see how fast we could drive these uh, little, little go-karts around the track. But I also liked the competition. I think that's, and that was really installed in my DNA, I think, is it, I'm just a really competitive person but I always wanted to win. For those that know me, I am quite competitive and I always like to try and be the best at whatever I try and do. But when I was six years old, I said to myself, I set a goal at a very young age. I didn't even know what goals were back then, but I thought to myself, what I wanted to do was I wanted to become an Australian champion. I wanted to be the best in the country at my motor racing. And that's when that first goal really was set in. Now, I can tell you, I'll short track this entire thing. So we're going to fast forward 25 years because it took me 25 years to achieve my goal. And some people are like, that's crazy. You know, that's brilliant. Congratulations, stuff like that. But I wanted to talk about what happened actually in between and what was the lead up in those 25 years to actually for us to eventually achieve that goal. Now, I can tell you time after time, I had finished second in Australia. In 1995, I was, I qualified first I was on position one for the final race. In go-karting, it was the final race. If you won the final race, you were the Australian champion. It was that simple. It didn't matter about what other races you'd won. It came down to the one race. And I was sitting on pole position of all the people that were next to me, Mark Winterbottom. So he's a current V8 supercar driver. He was right next to me in position two. We come around the straight on for the start line. And I looked to my right to see where he was. And as soon as I turned to my right, I noticed he was a little bit in front of me. By the time I looked back, the flag had dropped and the race had started. But we went into turn one and I was in second position. So in 1995, that's where I finished. And it was all come down to that one race. It come down to that one split second that I didn't achieve my goal. Then I can tell you about multiple other times, especially uh, one that I really remember. And it still haunts me today. But 1998, the Geelong Nationals in victoria now had qualified pole i had won every single race by the length of the straight like i was flogging all these dudes i knew that come race day come the final on sunday as long as i didn't have a mechanical i would win and we would be classed australian champion anyway typical melbourne sunday morning we wake up and you know for those that live in melbourne they know exactly what goes on in melbourne it was sunny and then all of a sudden it just starts raining so just before our race it was it poured down uh, and we actually had to start into the race. Now, being from Queensland, we very rarely actually 
raced in the wet. You can imagine what happened. I ended up finishing third. So even though I was the fastest, I'd been fastest all weekend. Again, it came down to that last one race and it rained and I wasn't as good as uh, Jason who ended up winning that race. He killed everyone. He was just a master in the wet. But I never lost sight of my goal and I continued on in my motor racing. I then, once we stepped out of uh, go-karts, we moved into Formula Ford. Now, I never competed at a national level in the Formula Ford. We ended up winning this, uh, the state championship in Queensland. So we ended up winning, I think, over our time up to this point, eight state championships. And But I'd finished multiple times second in Australia. I, that, that one thing that I was chasing alerted me for this amount of time. Then it came... I think it was 2003 and we stepped into Formula 3. So a bigger race car, a whole new category. Now, 2004 was my very first year of competition on the national scene in uh, Formula 3. And again, we were winning and we were leading the series up until the last race. The last race was at the Gold Coast Indy. And really all I had to do was finish, make sure I finished in front of Carl Reinler, who also went on to race V8 supercars as well. All I had to do was basically finish, get enough points and would be class Australian champion. The first race came, I qualified really bad. I was, we were, we were quickest on track, but they red flagged it. So they had to take my second uh, lap time. So there was a whole series of events that sort of, when you look back, came to what actually happened. And then coming into the first corner, I got tagged from behind and we crashed and we crashed out. My entire season was completely over. We'd lost the championship then and there in that one race. So some people might say you choked. I don't believe we did. I, I just think there was a whole series of lead-ups of things, and it just wasn't my time. I call it character building. And then 2008, we were still continuing. We were still racing, and uh, we'd won the national championship. So it was still an Australian championship, but it wasn't at the top grade of Formula 3 racing. There was two uh, there was like two levels. You had the premier class and then they had like a trophy class. And we'd, wa we'd won that. We were in the older car at that particular time, but we won that series. Um, so, you know, we could say we were the Australian champions of that category. But again, to me, deep down, it still wasn't, you are the number one in Australia, you're Australian champion. So we went on a couple of years continuing on. It wasn't until 2011. And this time in Formula 3, I think we'd finished second in the championship three times. So again, it eluded me again. But come 2011, I knew that was my year for some reason. There were certain races going through the season where I made some very bold moves. But ultimately, when I look back at that entire year, those races and those moves and the risks that I took on the track at that particular time ended up paying off. We then got to our final race. It was at Simmons Plains in uh, Tasmania. What I actually had to do, we were leading the series by about nine points. I just had to make sure we'd finish and make sure we would stay in front of uh, James Winslow, who we were competing with in the championship at the particular time. It still wasn't enough. So in the first race, I can't remember where I qualified. I think I qualified third or fourth on the circuit. But um, come race one, I actually blew him away and we won the first race. And that gave me a really big confidence build that, you know, yep, we've won another race. We've got some more points. So come race two and three, I knew exactly what I had to do and where I had to finish. Short tracking, we ended up winning. We became Australian champions after I set the goal back in 1986. We, we, we actually achieved it in 2011 and it took 25 years. Now, was it a big goal back then? Was it achievable? 100% uh, it was. I always believed in myself that it was. And I think if you're ever going to set goals, that you've got to make sure that you know what you have to do in order to do it. When I actually won, yes, it was an amazing feeling knowing that. And I, I live with that every single day. I've still got my um, 
my trophies and stuff like that, that remind me of that and that feeling that that gave me. But actually achieving the goal, nothing actually changed in my life. So when you look at goals and you set goals, it's all about probably the journey, I think, more so than what actually you get at the end when you achieve that goal. Now I've set some more goals. I set another goal in business. I think I set that goal. I remember the conversation with my mom. I, I reckon I was probably nine or 10 years of age. And I always said to mom that, mom, I'm never going to work for somebody. When I'm older, I will have my own business and I will work for myself because I wanted to know and make sure that if anything ever went wrong, I only had myself to blame. And so I set that goal again when I was very, very young. Now that obviously it's a bigger goal, it's a bigger ambition, but we, you know, that came to fruition when uh, we started our company in real estate, it, all properties group back in, I think it was 2000 and geez, when did we start? You don't even remember. Uh, we're 10 years, 11 years. Um, so it was back about, what are we now? 2018. So yeah, it was probably 2009 or something like that. Anyway, so I knew I ticked off that goal, but again, my life didn't change. And then, but in real estate, there was this holy grail that everyone talked about in real estate. And that was earning a million dollars in gross commission in one year. Now to do this, it's a big goal. Not many people achieve it, but it was something that I thought, well, hey, look, let's, uh, let's go for it. You know, let's, I think this is something that I would love to achieve to try and get to that level. What do I have to do to become and to get to that level? And we achieved that after three years. Now, a lot of people see us now in the business that come into our into our office or when I speak around Australia, you know, they just think, oh, this guy's amazing. He's very good at what he does and stuff like that. No one actually sees the, the backstory or the work that you actually had to do in order to achieve that goal. Now, we've achieved that goal every every year since. Uh, we actually haven't gone backwards, so which is good. We've maintained that. And it, it's not actually about the money. It's not about the money that you earn. It's about the person that you have to become in order in what you've got to do in order to sell that amount of homes, the work ethic that you've got to do, the dedication and the commitment, the service levels, the marketing, the branding. It's the entire package because when I get up on stage and I talk to other real estate agents and they all come up and go, Chris, we want to be like you. We want to be a million dollar agent. I'm like, at the end of the day, guys, you don't. You know, it's more... It's not about the money. It's more about the journey and the person that you've got to become in order to do that. So there's not many people that achieve this goal in real estate. You'd probably be in, in the top 50 in the country that would actually achieve this out of 27,000 real estate agents in the country. But it was a big thing. But when I hit that and I looked at that, nothing changed. And I always say this, it's not like, you know, you get this big trophy and the confetti falls from the sky and, you know, and you, you get this crown, like you just go on like the, the next day, like business continues. So it's again, it was the work ethic and the person that I actually had to become in order to to sell, you know, 150 homes a year. It was the work ethic. It was the dedication. It was the training, the commitment level that I had to put forward. But I set that goal. We achieved that goal, but nothing changed and nothing has changed. So that's why I wanted to talk about goal setting today, because I honestly believe if you do set a goal, I think any goal that you set is achievable but it's more about the journey. Think about the journey that you became from where you started. My next goal now is to compete at the world championships in Ironman. I know what I have to do. I know it's not going to happen overnight. I've seen that it's taken me 25 years to achieve something. It's taken me three years to achieve this. It's taken me 20 years to achieve whatever else I, I wanted. I know things don't, you've got to be patient. And that's the big thing about goal setting. Depending on your goal size, if you set little goals like micro goals, easy to achieve, easy to get to, 
But if you set a big goal, and like let's let's say you wanted to lose 20 kilos, 30 kilos, you actually know what you need to do in order to lose the 20 or 30 kilos of weight. You know, you need to exercise, you need to get some good rest and sleep well, and you need to eat well. And that's and that's how easy it is. But it comes down to the person. It comes down to you actually wanting it bad enough in order for it to happen. Are you committed enough to do it? Are you committed to getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and going for an hour's walk or run or jog or swim or bike ride, whatever it might be, or hit the gym? Are you prepared? Are you committed enough or dedicated enough to eat healthy every single day and to drink water and cut out the alcohol and drink uh, water and nothing really else? Cut out the sugar, you know? So we all, I think we all know what we need to do. It just comes down to the individual and how bad do you really want it? So that, that's my little spiel on goal setting. I wanted to talk a couple about my stories and my goals. And I've put out there what my next goal is, is the world championships for Ironman. It's a big goal. Am I going to hit it? Who knows? Whether I do or I don't, the person that I'm becoming right now with my training, you know, doing 12 hours, 15 hours a week training, the person I'm becoming and looking after myself, eating healthy, training right, hitting the gym and stuff like that. I think that's the reward. Getting to where I want to get to, that's the bonus. So I'll leave you with that. Post a comment below on Facebook or Insta or YouTube, whatever your goal will be. I'd love to look at your comments. If I can help you try and achieve those goals or give you some some support or motivation, happy to do that. And it'll actually be kind of cool because in 12 months, back on our Facebook feed on the memories, we'll be able to see, hey, we set this goal. Hey, and I'll come back to you. Did you achieve it? So thanks for watching another episode of Chris Gilmore On Demand.